Anyone can talk football. Not everyone can do it East Coast style. The East Coast Gridiron Podcast, starting now. Okay, see, already messing up. My camera's yeah. messing up. Look at this Super Bowl Sunday weekend. <laughs> we are here. All right, so this is the East Coast Great Iron Podcast. Now, episode uh, number 54, trying to get you guys a uh, good episode in before the games start here today. That's it. Uh, and as I try to fix my camera here, Don, go ahead and give us the intro, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, if you are tired of watching the pre 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 game show, uh, definitely tune in to us here and uh, hop in the chat. We got a lot to talk about today. And you know the man who was talking previously, sporting the problems with the camera, but he, he's all good now. <laughs> I'm that's all your, good now. That's your couch quarterback, Dante. And here I am in snowy Maryland, the stats guru, and my name is Don. All right. Appreciate you. I had to get that together, but I got that together fairly quick. So, yep. Um, all right, guys. Well, we got a pretty fun episode for you today. We're going to get into some superlative talks. We're going to get yep. into some, uh, you know, some some cool topics Don came up with. And uh, as Big Mike says, "What's up in the chat?" We say, there "What's up back to you, sir." All right, Super Bowl Sunday, Chris Hackney. Thank you so much for buying the, the Superman shirt, man. Yes, sir. It has a lot more sentimental meaning behind it than you yep. probably know, but uh, yep. we always like to see that that shirt bought. So absolutely appreciate you. Now, come, now you got to get you one of these comfortable hoodies. That's the next thing with the big. Uh, I don't know if you guys can see it. ECG on the back. Yeah, ECG on the back. Actually, there you go. Don's got his too. So, like I said. You guys take pictures of the product. We'll post them up on social media. Uh, hopefully, the prices aren't too bad compared to, you know, a couple uh, other places that might be charging more. So, yes, sir. Alrighty. Hey, Let's anybody in it. the chat? Anytime, man. Anytime you're in there today, put in who you have winning the Super Bowl and what the score is you have. We want to see. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to see what the chat room has to say about that. Yeah, for sure. All right, Don. So what's the what's the first topic of the day, sir? All right. Well, we are going to hit some of the uh, NFL awards and give uh, some reactions to the award winners. And, yeah, so the uh, NFL honors were on Thursday. Yeah, I, I didn't catch all of it, but, uh, you know, it, it was pretty cool what I did watch. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, Don was mostly right. Yeah. Almost had an honorable sweep, mention in man. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was more on uh women in prayer, but I mean, <laughs> as as you know, the the people that I picked, I had my reasonings behind it. Um, I think they're pretty legitimate. I mean, I, I guess if you go back and look, I'm more of like I look at more things like the splits and all that to yep. to make my argument. Yep. Chris Hackney says Rams twenty seven, Bengals twenty four. I agree with you, sir. Nah. <laughs> Uh, if it's going to be a field goal game, it's going to be, go the other way. Yep. If if it's a higher scoring victory, more than three points, then then you got a possibility there. Yep. So okay. uh, here we go, dude. It's trying to claim our video again. He had him put something up <laughs> again. Uh, same guy. 
Same guy. Dude, this is not your song. These are all royalty-free everything. Oh, my gosh. So this is... This is why we used to post videos back in the day for anybody that, you know, is old school from, you know, the go for two days. Yeah. We, we said, we used to try to put videos and stuff up, um, you know, from the past, but you know, of like the, the players playing and, you know, cool plays, but I try not to get copyright striked anymore, man. Like it's such a hassle to get out of and it just stops your channels and everything from growing. So pro tip for you guys out there. Um, so yeah, let's uh you know before we get over to the good stuff, if you guys can you know, like, comment, subscribe, share all that other good stuff, get our names out there, we'll yes, appreciate sir. you guys forever. So get some more people in here for Super Bowl Sunday. Now, with all that being said, defensive rookie of the year was yes, unanimously Michael Parsons. They didn't even show anybody else. I guess you could have. <laughs> I guess you could have thrown like Nick Bolton in there. Yeah. And uh, from the Chiefs, yeah. he's just he's just one of those, like I said last week, he's one of those Bobby Wagner type players, you know. Yeah. So um, what do you yeah. think about this, Don? Well, I, I said it last week and, you know, everybody knows I am not a Cowboy fan in any way, shape or form. But they used this guy the way he needed to be used so his talent would shine. They they mm -hmm. didn't just stick him in one role. You do this role and that's it. They used him in several different positions and let him kind of do his thing. And that's what he did at, at Penn State. And, you know, this really made him shine the whole year. And, and he definitely deserved the uh, the award. I think I forgot. But just to throw it out there for people that don't know, I don't remember this being said, but. The Cowboys were the team that he wanted to go to. Yes. Even though he's from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, my wife was, you know, she's from the Lancaster area. So she was like, wow, he's from Harrisburg? That's like right up the street. Yep. <laughs> so uh, it's pretty cool for him to get it. He was dominant this year. Like I said, the only two guys that were standing in, standing in his way from getting the uh, Defensive Player of the Year award was, of course, Aaron Donald and DJ Watt. Um, right. You know, and that was, uh, you know, he was trying to catch up to the race there. And everybody knows last year wasn't necessarily the stats for Aaron Donald. It's just how dominant he is. So, yeah, um, this year you couldn't deny that, you know, well, we'll get to TJ. Yeah, Wire we'll in a be second, getting there. <laughs> but you couldn't you couldn't deny him the, the award. But that's right. Back to Michael Parsons had some off the field issues at Penn State, some on field issues that's from time to time. Yep. And uh, I don't know from the interviews that you guys have possibly seen or the way he he's been talking to the, the media and everything lately uh you know he he's doing his thing so um seems like he's trying to get his crab together as well so that's pretty it's pretty refreshing to see um any final thoughts on <laughs> you know your boy for the cowboys <laughs> yeah nope nope i gave him his uh as you would say, gave him his flowers there, and that's uh, that's it. <laughs> not cowboy going, not going. Yeah, it's short lived. He's a cowboy. I can't, I can't uh, just keep complimenting over and over. Yeah, the cowboy should never wear that right white or it's white red stripe on the helmet ever again. No, I know what they're trying to do, and this is yeah. just too much of trying to say you're America's team. When yeah, yeah. When you're nobody, not. nobody cares. <laughs> uh, next. Jamar Chase. Yes, sir. Offensive, offensive rookie, of the, rookie of the year. As he's giving everybody the hello, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were all over this one, I believe. 
Yeah, we were we we're both all on this one and uh the the last one, Michael yep. Parsons. Dude was dominant. Like I said, the split between um <laughs> is it nineteen ninety six? That's exactly right. Girls? That's oh, about the last goodness. time they were relevant. <laughs> <laughs> uh but you know, with Jamar Chase, he was just dominant, man. Um was awesome. Eighty four catches for like fourteen hundred yards. I told you guys about that split. It's right. just Super impressive when when you look at it on paper. Uh, had two two hundred yard games, has a couple one hundred yard games in there, and has been pretty dominant in the playoffs at this point in time. So, yes, sir. Outside of us giving him more flowers, as a rookie, <laughs> um, this is the highest award that you can get outside of you know offensive player of the year or MVP. Right, uh, coming into your rookie season. And who would have thought it after the start he had in preseason? You know, when the odds he even made fun of himself for that. Yeah, when the odds were set that early, he was not even a thought. No, he he had a great season. Yeah, so so shout out to you know our boy Jamar Chase, uh, well deserved. Now let's get over to the the most dominant defensive player this year. Um, within 15 games, 15 games, yes, 22 and a half sacks, 39 quarterback hits. <laughs> they should have just gave the man that last sack, man. This is yep. a shame. And and um, I loved how they had the presenter on the show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. J- JJ. JJ. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. I didn't get to catch the beginning of it. So when you texted me, I was like, oh, shoot, that was kind of my reminder because I was yeah. doing something else. And I was like, what am I doing? I forgot today was Thursday. <laughs> uh, Defensive player of the year, TJ Watt, man. Uh, the only thing that he could say over Michael Strahan is that he did it in 15 games. Right. So, you know, was the the most dominant defensive player that we've seen in a, in a very, very yep. long time. Do you think his career is going to surpass JJ Watts? In the comments, let us know if you yeah. think that he's going to be a more dominant player than JJ Watt was in his career. But do you that, think so, Don? That's uh, wow. I'm worried I'm I'm worried that his longevity might not be that of JJ's. Mm-hmm. But while he's playing, I think he will play at this level or better. Yes. But I don't know if he'll be able to keep that up for the same length of time that JJ did. It's so funny to look at the history of all these teams and you find that just like the Bears and you know the Steelers always get great defensive players, yeah. and that's what they were known for back in the day. It's just, it's kind of like, wow, why is this a coincidence? It's not a coincidence. I mean, they just had the history of it, but it's just funny that nobody else, you know, is is really known for, especially their their linebackers and defensive linemen like they are. So, um, speaking about another great player that's up at Chicago's Khalil Mack. So, I mean, oh yeah, absolutely dominant. Um, but yeah. Happy for the guy. Absolutely. He, he had to separate himself from Aaron Donald, and he did. And it was, you know, within 15 games. So kudos right. to uh, TJ Watt. Without question, <laughs> I don't yeah, even much. think. Yeah, I mean, there was no doubt in our minds who was going to yeah. get this. Yeah, we both had that too. I would have been. I would have shed a single tear if he would have won the MVP too, because he he had that dominant of a season. You could have made an argument, and you saw him on the graphic. If you guys are watching the honor show, yeah, he did get a he vote. did get some some votes. So, yep. um, 
shows you the the pressure that he 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 put out there on a lot of teams. So, uh, like I said, he had one sixty yard game this season, and then you know he had nothing less than a ninety two yard game the rest of the season. That's amazing. Yep. So, yeah, um, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, it's well, well deserved. Well deserved. Absolutely. I mean, his numbers, individual games, season, and his performance. I mean, it's not like he just came out of nowhere. He's always been a good receiver, but they finally gave him a quarterback that he deserved. Right. Right. For sure. Um, I'm happy for the guy. You know, yeah, I, I bought his I bought his jersey. <laughs> uh, my apologies, Coop. I bought Matt Stafford's jersey before yours, but you know, the <laughs> wife came in clutch and got got your got your jersey. Um, you know, the like I said, the only ar- other argument, and you know, like Don was alluding to, is that you know Tom Brady was there, and you know, of course, you had Aaron Rodgers there, but. I just want to know the differentiation between these awards. Um, Heather says she would have been mad if like Aaron Rodgers would have won offense player of the year and then won MVP as well. What did she say? Oh man, she had me done. Ah oh, man. She said he looked like Loki. Yeah. He looked like, <laughs> she was like, Oh, he looks like Loki. Tell him to get off the stage as quick as he can. Oh man. It was hilarious. Um, but yeah, Cooper Cup, well deserved. Don't know anybody else that's more deserving than this right. guy. Um, and also having a quarterback like Matt Stafford, for people to think that he was not going to have this type of season. Just look at the history of what Matt Stafford has done in, in Detroit. Exactly. Yep. He always pits the best player on the offense, and he gets in the ball yep. early and often. Early you know what? Let, let's let's think about this too. Let's see what Joe Burrow is able to do his next couple of years with Jamar Chase. Right. But you can't say anything about Matt Stafford putting the ball in the playmaker's hands, though. You can never question that. How many times have you watched the game and it's like, why did only have, you know, Eli Manning, for example, why did OBJ only have two catches this game for 27 yards? Right. You can never question that with Matt Stafford. He's always going to get the ball to the best player if he can. Yep. Yep. No matter how bad those Lions teams were, whoever was the best at the time, he got it to them. Yeah, so you can never you can never argue that about his career. You can say that about a lot of quarterbacks, right? But uh, it is not frustration. It's not frustration when you try to see him uh, play and <laughs> get the ball out to the best guy. So, um, so we go over to the comments before we get to the next player. Uh, Chris says uh, there's a difference between offensive player in the year and MVP can have lesser numbers and be more valuable. Why skill positions win offensive player of the year? Quarterbacks win MVP. I totally get it. Yep. I totally get it. Um, but I mean, I, if it's clear, it's clearly he was the, the best player on the field too. I mean, it's not like Aaron Rodgers put up numbers that would have won him an MVP in the last 10 years. He just so happened to be efficient in the cards fell where they were. And it wasn't Tom Brady's fault that there was an extra game where he was able to throw over 600, you know, make 600 attempted passes. But Cooper pretty much did. If he even took that one game out, he would have still had the second best numbers in NFL history. So I kind of look at it like that, too. The guy was more than 
I think was more deserving to win the MVP award, but I see what you're saying. I mean, it's it, mm-hmm. if you're not if you're not a running back or quarterback, it's really hard for a wide receiver to to win MVP. It's just right. you know, call it like it is. Now, this is the one where I'm, I shook yep. my head. <laughs> I told you guys if you haven't seen the last episode of me talking about why Tom Brady should have won. Um, but I get it though. I get it. Most valuable player was was Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Um, and I mean, there's no debate about it now. The man won two years in a row. Yep. It's just funny that he put up the lesser of the two stats from last year to this yep. year. Yep, he sure did. <laughs> yeah. So, what's your thoughts on this? Because you're the one that got it right. I said Tom Brady, you got Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, he just, I mean, there was the whole COVID season, the whole injury season, and they just kept, for the most part of the season, kept quietly just winning and winning and winning. And he wasn't like lighting the world on fire, but he did what he had to do to win. And Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for him, they would have not. I mean, when he was out and they did have their backup in, they were trash. It just, you know, it wasn't the same team. So if you look at it that way, who was most valuable to their team, he was. And (laughs) I mean, you had great stats by, by quarter and by half on why Tom should have had it. But like I said last week, if, if they're ahead in the fourth quarter, run the ball you know yeah he, he didn't put up the stats so well you know let's talk let's talk about that a little bit um let's, let's set up your comments here and clear these up and then we'll come back because you know chris you did spark a question in my brain here but replace cup with woods and the offense still goes you saw love run uh green bay offense um yeah i, I don't i disagree um oh wait 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 i see what you're saying i see what you're saying never mind i don't disagree with you i thought you meant if you replace robert woods with cooper cup and and in los angeles they still do the same thing <laughs> i think they're two totally different players i mean the people were questioning who's going to be the number one guy for years and that's only because of cups injuries and you saw who the clear number one is in the rams offense even with a prolific player like obj on that team now um Coop did enough to solidify that spot. So unless OBJ is cool with just being the number two guy the rest of his career, if he stays with the Rams, he's never going to be that over Cup unless Cup gets hurt. Uh, the shame is Josh Allen may have had the best season, but late season losses cost him. I'll tell you what cost him the MVP. Because I think a lot of people look at this a little deeper than just, uh, you know, he had a late season or whatever. He had a terrible like first two or three games where he was throwing the ball a ton and only averaging like four or five yards of reception. You can't do that as an NFL quarterback either, especially coming off the season that you had with Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going by the most consistent quarterback all season with the weapons that he had around him, up and down all over the place, it had to be Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah. um, I mean, it just is what it is. And, the touchdown to to interception ratio, he continues to defy the odds there, the best in NFL history. Um, he still holds that 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 mantle. So uh, I mean, purely you're looking at the best quarterback to ever play the game, I think. I mean, that's up for debate, but if you're talking about the most efficient passer that we've ever seen is Aaron Rodgers. Like 
you know, you plug Aaron Rodgers on any any team, he makes them automatically better. Yep. Um, regardless if you like what he says in the media or not. Exactly. With, exactly. With the the ivermectin. And... Yeah. A lot, a lot <laughs> yeah. of people can't separate the two, but that's you have to. Yeah, with the immunized and yep. not getting the yeah yeah. If you if you separate that man, he's he's the best ever. Um, but I think that's that's the case. I mean, at least that's what I would look at for MVP. You're not being the most valuable player if you're costing your team's wins and you're only averaging five yards a pass. But if yeah. you're continuously winning games and winning them with backups and less than what your offense came into game one with, then yeah, you have to look at it that way as well. Because um, if you know the other argument you can make for Aaron Rodgers too is you stack his offensive weapons up with what Tom Brady has. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it might be age with Tom Brady, but Tom Brady bit did amazing. Um, at 44 years old, like we'll never see anything like this again. Andrew Whitworth is the next best thing. <laughs> I mean, for him to be doing it at age 40, he's, yeah. he's doing a damn good job. Um, and now he's, you know, how bittersweet is that going to be for him today? Oh, I um, know. How how pissed off would you be if you're AJ Green? That's the real question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I spent ten seasons here, and I had Andy Dalton as my quarterback. <laughs> um, Hackney also says, "Remember when he was so popular at State Farm commercials? What a difference five years makes." <laughs> He's still on him, but he he don't have no prominent role like he used to. Yeah. No. Ah, <laughs> uh, then, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers MVP. Uh, you know, I think this one was a three-legged race depending on how you want to slice you. you can make arguments for all three candidates yeah this just came down to i think consistency and like don said who was the most valuable player to their team all season you yep. take cooper cup away they could still fill in pieces because they did right. have matthew stafford right coach of the year man you were so close oh, I, know, I, man. I i i literally had him as my runner-up too yeah, I just I, thought. I, I mean, all season I was behind him, and I just kind of put myself in the decision-making chair, and I thought, you know, they're they're not going to give it to him because the turnaround on other teams was greater because the Titans didn't have a huge turnaround. But yeah, everything he did and everything he had to put up with that that was an amazing coaching season. Yeah. It was, man. It was. Shout out to everybody that worked on the Titans this year. All the staff members, some of them that we know. Yes. <laughs> Salute <laughs> to you guys for such a, you know, such a great season. Yeah. Um. Again, just right there on the brink of success, and then having bad luck and poor quarterback play, and you know, all kinds of stuff. But yeah, you're you know. exactly right. One one uh one seed for all that time with 90 what, what was the final 91 different players throughout the season mm-hmm. i believe set the record was without derrick henry for how many weeks was without aj brown a few weeks without julio a few weeks and still got the number one seed yep yep it was uh it was kind of crazy to think about, right? At the end of the yeah. day, it's like with everything that they went through and how, you know, how poor the AFC South has been. Um, 
and for Mike Rabel to still be the the number one seed, you kind of had to take a step back and they're like, "Dang, it wasn't the Chiefs. It wasn't. Yeah, I you know. know. It wasn't somebody else. This is <laughs> this is weird." And they beat so many teams that they had to beat the tougher teams. They lost to some of the weaker teams. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, Hackney, I do agree with you, um, but I, th- this is what I think. I think because they benefited from playing in the division that they had. Um, you know, I, I realize that's only eight of their games, but they do play in one of the weaker divisions versus if you go look at Matt LaFleur, who has to deal with all kinds of different variables up there in the NFC North all the time. I just thought Matt, you know, Matt LaFleur's situation was very similar to Mike Rabel's and having to deal with the media moguls of, you know, Mike Rabel doesn't have to deal with that media bullcrap like Matt LaFleur does with the you know, with Aaron and with, right. you know, especially this year, knowing that Devontae Adams is going to be a free agent and that oh, yeah. conversation started looming. So I, I try to think about that as well as like, you know, regardless of how you slice it, I think that he had to deal with a little bit of that too, as the coach of the Packers. But I, I don't disagree with it. I mean, when Mike Rabel won, I was like, okay, I Absolutely. totally get it. I totally well get the argument. Now, the only one I wouldn't have agreed with, but I can honestly say that he was number three was Zach Taylor. I just, you know, this is what they did in the regular season, not what they did. Right. But, but to go from four and 11 to what they did in the regular season, it just, or whatever they were four wins that, that season, you know, it just, I I thought that was going to be what flipped it, you know? Mm -hmm. I really thought he had Runs a tight shop. Rogers being a suit and tie with a fresh shave in Tennessee and happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. But I mean, yeah. what what wily veteran does he have on that team that's a superstar like that either? Outside of Julio Jones, but Julio Jones doesn't talk a lot either. Right. So we really haven't seen Mike Rabel in that. Well, he's benefited for a bunch of players that just go out there and play. Derrick Henry doesn't say much. Julio Jones doesn't say much. Ryan Tannehill doesn't say much. AJ Brown doesn't. Uh, Kevin Byer doesn't say much. Like you're benefited from a team of guys that are quiet yep. that just go play. Yep. And that was even before he got there. <laughs> I mean, th- these are how these guys were. But I, I, I totally get it. He's got that kind of that billet Belichick. Uh, I don't want to say he's part of that coaching tree because he's really not, but you know he benefited from being in that system. But Mike Rabel's a uh, a strong-willed dude too. None of Tennessee won't bring in those types for years. They drafted uh, and pick up certain types. That's true, mm-hmm. and that's all. That's all ownership too. They know what they want. Some people aren't as aggressive like the Jaguars to just draft everybody with. You have anybody from like Miles Jack, who's the quietest dude on the team, to Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like right. just total opposites of each other. So Julio was a shock. AJ forces that. Yeah. I, I, I like their team though. Um, even though they're the Jaguars rival, I, I have no quarrels with the Tennessee Titans. I, I think they do things the right way. And I was happy yeah. that uh, Mike Rabel got a shot. So yep. NFL award winners. There they were. Some of the ones that uh, we didn't mention. We had uh, Andrew Whitworth winning man of the year. Uh, my wife was in, <laughs> in tears watching his little segment, but such a good dude, man. Yep. That just makes you want to root for the Rams even more. You know, 
yeah, just to see him, just to see him get the win, and it's gonna be a bittersweet day for him against, you know, playing against his former team and and mm-hmm. the Bengals. So, uh, and him just doing his thing out there. But yeah, that was the other one. Any other ones that I felt to mention? I know they had like these little superlative awards. Yeah, there was there. a few other ones, but uh, no, none that had, I really care about. Yeah. All right. Also part of the show. We had the 2022 Hall of Fame class was announced. Yes, sir. This was disappointing. (laughs) I thought there would have been bigger names on the list. We were always happy for, you know, for two two guys that got in. Um, One Florida State guy had to throw that in there. But if you look (laughs) at the class, the Torrey Holtz didn't get in there. The Reggie Waynes didn't get in there. Right. Um, You know, those type of players that, you could argue were first ballot Hall of Famers. Um, that would have been cool to see Tory Hall get in there second to uh, Isaac Bruce, but right. I, and well, no, Marvin Harrison was a couple years before that. I forgot. I was about to say Reggie Wayne gets in right after that, but they'll eventually get in. Um, the Hall of Fame has just been weird. I think some years they just want to hype it up. I don't know what their motivation is. Hype it up more than others, but let's just go through through some of them. First one up, Leroy Butler. Florida State. There you go. I was happy to see him get him. I knew he was eventually going to get in. Wasn't right. the most dominant safety, but when you played against him, everybody had a lot of respect for him. Right. What's your thoughts on this one, Don? Yeah. I mean, the, the funny thing is, I mean, I, I definitely got to see all of these players play and was able to follow their career. And, yeah, Butler Butler definitely deserved to be there. It's just a matter of time till he got in. Yeah. Uh, Chris said, you'd like the Peterson signer or rather have Leftwich. I think Peterson helped Lawrence, but Leftwich would be. Hold on to that thought. We'll come back to that a little yep. later. Yep. We're going to answer your question. Um, It's Hall of Fame, not Hall of Really Good Players. Every sport should be more selective. I think it should be Hall of Really Good Players. <laughs> <laughs> I, unless they did something terrible, you know, right. where it totally shunned them away. But for Terrell Owens to have have a broken leg and be the best player on that team, and the yeah. only thing that he really got in trouble for is just being a little like his celebrations being a little off the wall, and um, you know him doing sit ups in his driveway like really, <laughs> and then he's not a first ballot, but he was like second and third in like every single wide receiver category. That absolutely has to piss you off. Like, just take a step back. <laughs> As a piss you off as a football fan that that dude did not get in and never had any off the field issues, which is insane. Um, but he said Butler not a Hall of Famer. Um, I don't think right now. I for the safeties that have got in the last couple of years, you know, you had the um, John Lynch got in last year, which is my boy. You know, totally get it. <laughs> Um, and then, but Ed Reed is a hard act to follow. Exactly. So you got to think about those caliber players too. Leroy right. Butler's, he's not a John Lynch and he's not an Ed Reed. Um, no. he was just one of those consistent safeties that did his job. I think that's the, uh, uh, your hesitation is why he ain't Lynch is not one either. Ah, bro. That's my favorite player of all time. Look, 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 look. <laughs> Here we Come go. on, brother. Come on, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
He's a Hall of Famer. I'll argue that I argue with that one, but Leroy Butler, I don't disagree with you. But hey, he's a Florida State guy, so it is what it is. Lot Reed, Troy Dawkins, they're a different breed. Mm. Depends on. So here, here's the thing: is my always my argument with John Lynch. You could go to any player on the Buccaneers. That defense, when you design a defense around one guy. Tampa 2 was meant for you to run it up the middle and let John Lynch annihilate you. <laughs> uh, Warren Sapp has said that. Derek Brooks has said that. Rondé Barber has said that. Their whole defense has said that. <laughs> I don't see Ronnie Lott and Ed Reed and Troy getting all that. They just made really good plays. They were just freaks. Even Brian Dawkins was a freak. But whenever you design a whole defense like that, and he had a very consistent year. And when Barry Sanders comes on and says, the hardest hit I ever took was from John Lynch. <laughs> that's that's pretty that's pretty big time. <laughs> All right, next one, Bryant Young. I don't remember his career a lot. I remember his name. I remember him having a couple good games, but I don't I don't really remember his career like I probably should. Mm-hmm. What was your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I I can remember a big deal when he first came out. Um, I don't remember the latter part of his career very much. Um, Mm -hmm. one of these players that I don't know if he actually lived up to the hype that he was given early on throughout his entire career, but he did have some really standout years. Yeah. I, like I said, I barely remember. I don't have a big opinion on this, but right. You know, I, I remember Bryant Young always had a good rating on Madden. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2002 Hall of Fame finalists. I just want to pull the list up from exactly what what they got from what what we got. Okay, so just to go through here, Jared Allen I think should have gotten in over Bryant Young. Willie yeah. Anderson, offensive tackle, he was really good. Rondé Barber, he'll eventually get in. He wasn't he'll, like he'll the eventually make it. Yeah, he's like Leroy Butler. He's like almost like that, just a consistent player. Devin Hester for sure should have got in first ballot. That is blasphemy. Why he didn't? <laughs> Punters were scared to kick to him. Yeah, Torrey Holt should have got in. This is one that I believe should have got in as well. Andre Johnson. Hmm. Sam Mills, it was just a matter of time. Zach yep. Thomas, why it's been why they've waited so long to put him in the Hall of Fame, I don't understand. Demarcus, right. where is another one you can make an offer? You know, a you know an argument that he should have been in first ballot. Reggie Wayne, I could see him getting in next year. Right. Patrick Willis, I think just retired way too early. He only played seven years, but he was dominant. <laughs> I mean, he was one of those Brian Dawkins type of dudes. Um, and then we have, of course, Bryant Young getting in this year. So yep. those are just some of the people that we didn't get in um, that I think you could have beefed up this Hall of Fame class. Sam Mills. Um, I know Slade's happy about this one, even with his, his tenureship at, uh, with the Panthers. Yeah. But, yeah, Sam Mills eventually was going to get in, played 11 years in the NFL. Yep. Uh, was another one of those consistent, hard-hitting uh linebackers what yep. what do you remember from him don yeah I'm, i remember more of his panther years as well um just 
one of those always always guys names that would be mentioned during a game. You run play after play after play, and you'd always hear his name mentioned. He was always around the ball, very consistent. Mm-hmm. I uh, got it. You love to see it. You love to yep. see it. This one I didn't agree with. Yeah. Out of everybody on the list this year, this was yeah. one I was like, "Ooh, don't I don't I don't know, I don't know." So Richard Seymour, I think he benefited from all the Super Bowls that he got. Yes, he did. <laughs> that oh. that's a team accolade. That's not an individual yeah. accolade. All right, right. I hate that. That's when we had the argument last week, or was it last week or the week before? We were talking about the best player in history without Super Bowls. If he had to take Super Bowls out of it, Barry Sanders is mine. Right. This is another one of those dudes. If he didn't even win a Super Bowl, we wouldn't even talk about Richard Seymour in in the Hall of Fame. You're exactly right. But okay, buddy. Uh, Chris said Andre Johnson was the biggest travesty. Straight up stud receiver. Then Hester. Hall of Fame should uh, butt out two sentence blurbs on why they ain't. But <laughs> Brian, man. yeah. Yeah, those those two for sure. I think should have got and Zach Thomas. I think they waited way too long for him. I mean, he got overshadowed by Brian Brian Erlacher and Ray Lewis. Mm-hmm. That's the only two that you could say were better than him. But he should have gotten in like the next year because <laughs> uh, Zach Thomas was dominant too. But Richard Seymour, I don't know what else you could say about the dude. He doesn't have that many impressive accolades for us to even sit here and give him the time of day. But you know, I guess well deserved. <laughs> Hey, hey, he played his part in in, in the team effort. That's about all I can give him there. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. My guy right here. There it is. You know, it took way too long. Way too long. He's been on the ballot for several years. He was a first ballot Hall of Fame offensive tackle. Yeah. For them not to have put him in, even, you know it's bad. When people like my wife's dad, who's a diehard Steelers fan, diehard. When Alan Fanica got in last year, of course they were happy when we saw him sure. on the truck and everything. But he's like, the only reason that Alan Fanica's in is because of the Super Bowl. That Super Bowl win that he got. Tony Baselli. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane on why he was not first ballot Hall of Famer. So... Let me let me just go through. Uh, I did have the stat pulled up here. Guess how many holding penalties this dude had in his career? <laughs> this ought to be interesting. Eleven. Eleven. Wow. False third penalties. Twenty-four. <laughs> Offsides. Five. In his career. Okay. Yeah. He only had forty-five penalties. <sighs> For an offense alignment. Some some people do that in a year. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They get two or three a game. Yeah. Wow. It's five Pro Bowls. Three-time All-Pro. 1995 NFL All-Rookie Team. Yeah, I had yeah. to find a stat. I think that he only gave up like 10 sacks in his career as well. I have to look it back up, but there's. I've been trying to find it, but I thought I heard that somewhere that he only gave up ten sacks. And Fred Taylor said that 
he was one of the biggest reasons on why he got open. He said nobody was dominating Tony Baselli yep. on the left side. Yep. So yeah, that's a better. A, that that is amazing with I, with the penalties. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to I'd have to compare his numbers to somebody like Jason Peters, you know. <laughs> I know some people say that Jason Peters is the best. Is there's no there's no no, no. I'm just saying he man two three times four times a game he's having offsides <laughs> and stuff. Man. <laughs> well, a lot of people are, are saying that you know Jason Peters, you know, it could be like the best left tackle of all time. Mm, I don't it's know about hard. that. A lot of people say that Tony Baselli just played very sh- a very short career, yeah. you know, by offensive lineman's terms. He didn't even play ten years, you know, played you know eight years, and did what he or you know seven or eight years and did what he did in that that amount of time. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven years, and was the one of the most feared tackles ever. It's crazy. Uh, next one. We only going through the short list. The other ones yep. are some old school players, but Dick Vermeil. I was yeah. ha- I was so happy for Dick Vermeil, man. Oh man, me too. I I actually shed a tear, man. I was so happy to see that finally happen. Yep. Well, you you saw you saw um you saw we texted each other. I was like, I shed a tear yep. for Tony Vassell. You shed a tear <laughs> for Dick Vermeil, man. Yeah, so, man. So that that was that was really cool. I know he was the Eagles coach for a little bit. Got the Rams, yep. their Super Bowl win. Yep. So and then was with the Chiefs a, for a while. With the Chiefs for a while. Yep. yep. Uh, Chris Hackney's in the chat. Made Fred Taylor and Brunell look good. Stop it. <laughs> don't don't make me do it. I'm a big Brunell fan. Okay. <laughs> I'm a big Brunell fan. Fred, Freddie P. We used to call him Freddie P. instead of Freddie T. Back in the day, but Freddie P.'s getting the Hall of Fame next. If Tony got in, yeah. we still don't have Eddie George or Fred Taylor that's in the Hall of Fame. And Ray Lewis said that they had to play them three times a year at one point. Ray Lewis said that that was the biggest battles he was in outside of Eddie George. We know the history between him and Eddie George, but he said Fred Taylor was just on another level. Fred Taylor used to murk dudes. <laughs> That's classic out of you, Dante. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm the I'm the I'm the Jersey dude. We went down to Disney. Even my uh, we went down to Disney for ten days. My wife's dad was like, "Dang, how many jerseys you got?" <laughs> One for every day. I don't discriminate, man. But uh, yeah, I had this dude, this jersey right here. I remember getting this. So just a little story. I remember getting this when I was like fourteen. Okay. <laughs> it was too big for me and they couldn't find, you know, they couldn't find the right size or whatever. So I was like, I will keep this jersey forever. I mean, look, man, look at the little cracks in the, you know what I'm saying? Like the old, this was Nike before they actually started sponsoring all the teams. Yeah. Remember Nike and Reebok and Adidas used yep. to sponsor just one team. <laughs> we were the originals. Oh uh, man, Taylor was living the truck stick life every run. I you got you had to love it, man. You had to love the hurt the heart that he had. So but uh Dick Vermil, coach. Yep. In the Hall of Fame class. Ah uh, man, I don't know. I think this is one of the weaker ones. There's some bright spots here and there. Um yep. a lot of players were represented by their family members because they yes. weren't here to receive their award. Yep. Kind of makes you a little sad. But it does. Um 
But at least Dick Vermeil and Tony Baselli are still around, so we right. get to you know sit back and watch them. I think Tony Baselli's speech. I know he's starting to do some analytical work. I think his is going to be like something crazy. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, I think it's going like to be say, man. Yeah, and think about it for somebody to play seven years. Yeah, and is in the Hall of Fame. Insane. Yep. Don brought up a good question this week. Who's the best coach and hire so far? I know you got a lot to say on this one. I didn't go as in depth, but I'll go into the one that we shared the same interest over. Okay. Okay. And then I'm gonna let you get into the other other coaches that you had on your list by by the positions that you had them because I know you got a lot to say. This is the stats guru topic right here. <laughs> <laughs> so best coach and hire by far as far as head coach, without being biased, without Don being biased. Just had to take a step back in the situation, right, Don? Yep, absolutely. Got Trevor Lawrence. Yep. I'm not a big fan of him. But if you can make him this amazing quarterback that everybody's been saying, do it. I know that's the biggest misconception about me. I never want any quarterbacks to do bad. But I need need you to make this team what they once were. Mm -hmm. Starting with keeping all the great players that you can. Throw the franchise tag at DJ Chark and keep him around, please, sir. But, Don, I'm going to let you get into it. I know I've talked about it a little bit, but uh, why, what was your reasonings in putting him there? Well, I put I put him there because I think he's going to have the most impact on, on, on the whole team. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting who he surrounded himself with with his coaching hires. Uh, his offensive coordinator is Press Taylor. Press is the brother of Bengals head coach Zach Taylor. He was the Colts offensive assistant, spent five years with Doug in Philly, and eventually became the quarterback coach and passing game coordinator in Philly. His passing game coordinator coordinator is Jim Bob Cooter, former offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. Quarterback coach Mike McCoy former head coach of the San Diego Chargers at that time. Mm -hmm. And then a defensive coordinator, former Tampa Bay linebacker, Mike Caldwell. All right. I'm noticing this right away. Doug is actually bringing in the people he wants. He didn't already have a defensive coordinator there and he had no say, or if he wanted certain coordinators, but the GM didn't, Doug is getting his say right now on who he wants around him. And I think Doug works well with young quarterbacks who listen and want to learn, not the type to think they know better and will listen to you and then go do what they want. And I think Trevor is the type that wants to learn because he wants to get better. I don't think he's going to be stubborn and do what he wants. So with this supporting staff around him, You know, I think really based on last year, based on what could be done this year, this could be the closest season to a 500 record for the Jaguars. Let's hope, man. I mean, I know that's not, you know, winning the division or anything, but we're talking the first year. If they go from four wins to eight or nine wins, can you imagine? I would say that would be a success. I say yeah. seven games is kind of like the the benchmark for us this year. 
if he has less than seven games won, he reached expectations yeah. <laughs> with the team that he has. Yeah. If it's more than seven games won, he totally exceeded expectations. Give this man a contract extension for the next three years. <laughs> <laughs> Out the gate. Because Shai Khan as our owner has not been done nothing but try to make Jacksonville the next amusement park. Right. With everything that he's been doing down there. Instead of trying to focus on the team. Instead of spending his money to build a damn library based off of all Jacksonville's history. We don't have a good enough history for you even to be building any type of encyclopedia on what's been going on. The encyclopedia goes as this. Take the team. Win a couple championships, ruin the team the next year by getting rid of everybody, rinse and repeat. I uh, I mean <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> um if not Peterson best hire, worst Dable, Jones a bust, and expectations are gonna be high for him. Um I guess I'm in an anomaly. I love Daniel Jones, man. I, I think I think Dable could be the best long term hire 